is Behind the Cut with Christopher Grenland, the companion show to Not About Lumberjacks. Good narration and voice acting is an underappreciated art. Besides cartoon geeks and diehard fans of audio, most people I know don't consider all that goes into simply reading a story, let alone delivering a story with some degree of heart. I'm not good at reading out loud. I've never been good at reading out loud. Sure, I've gotten better over the years, but reading out loud has always been a very difficult thing for me. So many of the lines that you hear me read are lines that I've read five to ten times. And while I definitely try to put a lot of heart into it, there are times that I hear something and I think, man, I just wish I could re-record that. Mr. Know-It-All is one of those things. I have no idea why I didn't think about the voices before recording. Jerry's voice and his brother Dean's voice is fine, but Jerry's sister Lizzie sounds like a bad Zsa Zsa Gabor impersonation hijacked by Ethel Merman, and there's some other weird sound in that voice as well, and I really think that what I just said might be giving the whole voice too much credit. I'm not going to sit here and say it's terrible, but it's definitely not the voice that I describe in the story. And then I started recording and I suddenly was left thinking, you know, what does a Magic 8-Ball voice sound like? I have no idea. I didn't think about it before I started recording and now I'm in the middle of it and I have to come up with something. In the end, I dropped the initial robotic voice I had and then some other goofy voice that I came up with on the fly and then after recording the whole story, I went back and re-recorded all the 8-Ball lines at once. A better narrator or voice actor would have definitely considered all these things up front. Hell, I usually consider all these things up front, but this is a story that I was familiar with and I just thought, hey, I can jump in and pull this off. I'm not saying any of this to discredit what I do, but to point out that good voice acting is something I appreciate and strive for now more than ever. A guy I used to work with on comic books is a professional cartoon voice actor, and I always take to heart what he said about the audition that led to his big break. He just cut loose. He went nuts on the mic. In the end, it was that willingness to go over the top and make a fool of himself as much as his voice and actual acting skills that landed him the job. Obviously, what's kept him there for years is talent and stuff that he's learned along the way, but most of it is that preparation and care for what he does. I care about what I do with Not About Lumberjacks, and I really do prepare. Each episode's been better than the one before it, and I feel like I still haven't hit my stride. Already, the show has me writing more new stories than I initially planned, and I'm having a blast going over old stories and seeing that most of them still hold up today. I kind of took an inventory of everything that I have, from actual finished stories to ideas, and I have years of material ready to go. I just really need to remember to have all the voices down before I press the record button. In two weeks, an unemployed writer lands her dream job, but it comes with much more than she bargained for in the form of an African gray parrot named Horace. There are some things I don't want to give away about the next story, so I'm not going to do the usual sneak peek. Instead, I'm going to give you a bonus short story called Be a Man. It's not only one of the shortest things I've ever written, but one of the more brutal things as well. Be a man. Benny puts another shell into the old 10-gauge goose gun, levels at his son Stevie, and says, You're next. The family dog, Duke, lies dead at Stevie's feet. Thought I told you to wash that damn dog up. 
I did. Benny locks eyes with Stevie, reminding him to show respect. Stevie says, I did, sir. Then why is it covered in fucking fleas? Benny's been drinking. His pastime is drinking beer while sharpening knives, cleaning guns, and watching television. The leftovers of a case of Budweiser are scattered about on the floor in crumpled little balls. A whetstone and gun cleaning kit are at his feet. He kicks a can at Stevie's head and shouts, When you gonna be a man, boy? I don't know, sir. Stevie's 13 and will never be a man as long as Benny's around to remind him that he'll never amount to anything. Get that damn mud out of here. Stevie looks down at Duke. He wonders how someone can kill an animal. He wonders how someone could be so mean. Benny wonders how his son ended up so weak. He wonders if he'll ever be a man. What the hell you doing? Stevie pulls the buck knife from his pocket. His father gave it to him the previous year. He taught him how to care for it and sharpen it to a razor's edge. This is a man's knife, he told him. You take good care of this and one day it'll take good care of you. It's time to test his father's advice. Benny laughs as Stevie opens the blade and locks it into position. What the hell you gonna do with that? A knife ain't no match for this. He rocks the goose gun in his hands and Stevie takes advantage of the moment. He leaps forward, moving in past the bad end of the gun before it goes off. Benny pulls the trigger and birdshot flies across the living room, taking out the TV. And with one quick thrust of the knife, Stevie becomes a man. Thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks and Behind the Cut. Theme music for Behind the Cut is a tune called Reaper by Hrazen. Music for Be a Man is by Chad Crouch, a tune called Epiphany. The voice kicking off the show belongs to Cynthia Griffith, who you just might hear very soon on an upcoming episode of Not About Lumberjacks. Visit cfgriffith.com for more information about Cynthia, and nolumberjacks.com for information about the music and episodes. Until next time, be mighty, and keep your axes sharp. <laughs>